everybody. Welcome to Political Football, the Northern Divisions Review Show. My name is Dave. I'm here with Scott. We may or may not be getting Cleve at some point during the uh, during the show here. Um, he probably doesn't want to uh, come in and face the music this week. It's not going to go quite as well as it did for his predictions for his predictions last week. Scott, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? No, I'm doing good. As always, we're part of the Maddie Ice Media Network. Go to MaddieIceMedia.com to you know find other great podcasts, merch, all sorts of good, um, good stuff over there. Um, Scott, it's Combine Week. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. <laughs> it, it is. I uh, I love I love the Combine. I've always loved the Combine, and now you can bet the Combine. It, um, yeah, yeah. Do you have any uh, action happening? I don't, mainly because I have not looked enough into it. I, I cannot bring myself to make any sort of bet where I don't feel I've done at least enough research to have yeah. as much of an edge as possible. Right. I can't I'm not gonna come out here and be like every time I make a sports bet, I know I've got the best of it, because that would be insane. Yeah. It's a sports bet, yeah. Right. But like there were a couple 40-yard dash times I went to look at because I was like, oh, that dude's going to be fast. Like Devin A-Chain, but his yeah. time was like 4 3 four. And I'm like, that's yeah. a strong line no matter what. That's What did, uh, what did they have Jalen Hyatt at? I don't, I don't recall. I don't remember any of them uh, like offhand, but they were all like – it was all like the super fast guys. Yeah. So it was all people like the four threes or low four fours. There wasn't like, oh, this offensive lineman under a five one. Yeah. Right. I would love to get Darnell Washington or something like that, but I didn't. I didn't. I haven't made a bet yet. We'll see if I actually get one. But you can bet all the workouts. You can bet the the twenty cone and and all sorts of stuff. So that makes me wonder if they're even going to do that. It's like, remember last year how the running backs just pretty much rejected the concept of running the cone, the the shuttles. Yeah. It was late in the day. What yeah. We're not about that. You know? <laughs> it just it makes me wonder because that whole thing is um, I, I I don't know I mean I know they've changed the format and they've changed the times and some of that stuff so maybe it's a little better for the players but I know that they have mm-hmm. complained for a while that those days are crazy long yeah and to back all that stuff up and have them start super early in the morning and not run a shuttle till you know eight or nine o'clock at night is just insane but yeah. There's no know. need for that. Um, so for the combine this year, for me personally, I'm most excited to see Anthony Richardson. Um, yeah, you're not alone. Yeah. For for the listeners uh, to the show, over the last, I would say, two weeks or so, I have fully converted to an Anthony Richardson stand. I have him at 101 to go first overall in the draft. I would like the Lions to trade up and take him first overall if that's what it took. I am... 100% committed to Anthony Richardson after what would you say Scott 3 weeks ago I was in the chat arguing with you about this probably not even 3 weeks ago but you know <laughs> his whole thing is and it's not like there's anybody that's right or wrong about this stuff but it's like you know I think so I put a video out on YouTube for uh Detroit Lions podcast I can't believe I just shilled myself there but uh, you can sh- you can show your other know. places on the show. You you can I do that. Filthy whore. Um, <laughs> and it was just explaining why. Like, uh, why is there so much buzz on him right now? After after most people just viewing him as this super raw, you know, 
like a um a high upside guy but a dude who is going to bust kind of thing and it's like no when you when you really dig into watching what he is as a player there's a lot to his game that's already advanced did we talk about this last week i don't i think i think we mentioned that that he is not actually that raw he's more inexperienced than raw but like yeah, you can see really some things on his tape to and where there are times when it's like super frustrating. It's like, dude, that is a layup. You can't yeah. miss that throw. And yeah. he misses those. Um, but the things that he does well are things you can't really teach. Uh, pocket pre- presence, uh, the ability to step up. A lot of quarterbacks want to leave, you know, like think about like being in the kitchen and, you know, leaving out the back door of the kitchen is 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 the easiest way to go because there's nobody in the backyard. But in the NFL, it's death. Right. And he has no desire to do that kind of stuff. He he climbs in the pocket, um, and it, still looking to throw. So that's where the value is there. It's not that he's trying to run so much; it's that he wants to push the ball down the field. And there are traits that he that he already has on display that are advanced and it just takes people getting into his game and watching things repetitively and seeing that's different. If you see it once, like, okay, that was a nice play, but I saw it one time it's over and over and over in his mm-hmm. film. So I just think that in the end with him, people have caught on to what he is as a prospect. And sometimes I, you know, we do need to drop some of the production stuff because I don't know how much Florida offense you watch, but holy shit. Like, <laughs> but, but production at the college level does correlate to NFL success for the quarterback position. Without a doubt. So, Without especially, doubt. especially comparatively. Yes. Right. Um, and so the fact that he wasn't able to produce at a higher level See, now is, I think is he important. Had a nice, he had a nice, uh, he had a really poor first four games. Mm hmm. I want to say it was either maybe first three games. He had four picks, no touchdowns. He was like uh, maybe 55%. And then the Tennessee game happened. And then after that, I want to, I don't know for sure, exactly for sure, but I think he had nine, 19 touchdowns. Not, I'm not including rushing, just throwing. Yeah. 19 or yeah. 17, and only four interceptions over the back eight games he played. Now, Florida's offense asked a lot of him. They, um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I watch him and, and see him just chuck the ball away because it's just like this plays over. So that goes into your – that's completion percentage stuff. We have to adjust that kind of stuff. And then also the difficulty of of the – this is why in some some ways he might have a high – not a high. He might have a decent pro football focus grade because they really give quarterbacks a ton of credit for uh, completing deeper throws. Mm-hmm. And Florida asked him to throw the ball down the field a ton. So his depth of throw is is it's big, and they're just they're harder to complete. Yes. Um, also, I saw Florida offense. I saw Pro Football Focus. He's also the highest graded of the four quarterbacks projected in the top ten. He's the highest graded under pressure. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah, that's not surprising at all. So I just think it's interesting that I, like for the listeners out there, two or three episodes ago, I'm like, there's no way this guy can um, compete at all to where. Now I'm like, yeah, this is this is him. Because the thing is, Bryce Young is four foot eleven, give or take. Um, CJ Stroud runs an eight point five forty, give or take, <laughs> and Will Levis probably sucks. So 
when you like take all those things combined, Richardson is the best all around prospect to my mind, even though like Bryce Young is obviously a phenomenal and Stroud too. Like they're, they're great prospects. And I guess Will Levis apparently does something, but um, they, they're all great prospects. But to me, Richardson should be the first quarterback off the board. And I have a feeling after the combine this week, if he, if he comes in, what, 4-4 four, four flat, 4-4-2 four, four, at 6-4-2-32. Yeah. Um, also, he's only 21. He'll turn 22 in May. Yeah. Um, so, like, comparisons to Malik Willis aren't really fair. He was playing at Florida. He was more productive. Um, and he's much, much younger. Yeah, and there's a lot more to his game than, yeah. than some of the Willis stuff. But this, some of the same elements do apply. The the ability to to change an offense because of his multiple way abilities, you know, like, I mean, we're seeing that, that that's, that's how offenses are, are right now is you, you need to have a quarterback who when pressure hits, which it's going to, as you, as you play more meaningful games, you're going to deal with more pressure. You have to be able to do more things than stand. This is why some of there's concerns with Stroud is, What's going to happen with Stroud when he goes to a potential a place with a bad offensive line? What does it look like? Yeah. Because he's not really shown – I mean, you have the one game, but he's not really shown you that there's a ton to his uh, outside structures, you know, abilities. But we'll say – I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued by Richardson. There's a, there's a bunch of players I, I think that are interesting. You mentioned Darnell Washington. I'm fascinated to see what he's going to run in the 40. Yeah, I've for read, listeners out there. Yeah, Darnell Washington is 6'7". 270 plus yeah he's huge yeah and he's a tight end not an offensive lineman this dude is out here running away from linebackers jumping over safeties he's yep. a tight end at 67 270 out of out of georgia and i am uh very excited to see how he tests how I'm he really tests at the combine. i think if he runs in the four sixes he will be could be the first tight end taken i know that sounds nuts because michael mayer's there and dalton kincaid's there and all these things but there is nobody in this draft that helps you as a blocker like Washington does uh, while giving you some some receiving ability. But that's the whole thing. Like think about think about as you know as teams sort of transition back to heavier playing heavier football with 12 personnel and what that guy does. like with the Lions last year, Matt Nelson, I think it was Matt Nelson, whoever it was. Um, Dan Skipper was their ex, their kind of swing tackle extra tight end guy. Like you know what I mean? Like um, putting in Washington there and letting him escape into the flat is just a lot more productive, but, but also having him collapse as a blocker. It's just like that. That's kind of how the lions want to play football. I, I, I've never heard of Dan Skipper. I thought the lions uh, extra lineman was named uh, John Cox lamb. <laughs> nice. That's not him. <laughs> nope. Never heard of uh, that guy. Oh, well, there's Stone Smart. He's an actual tight end. Weston Steelhammer. <laughs> Air Force safety. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're here to review the Northern Divisions, uh, the teams of the AFC and NFC North from the past year. So let's start by talking about the fourth place team in the AFC North and their quarterback, who is supposed to be really good escaping pressure, but uh, seems to struggle. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see I've got the, the new logo for the Cleveland Browns here, which is the dad of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah. Out here with this sign. 
uh, with the free Watson sign. Dad holding another sign here, which you have to watch on YouTube to see what it says. Needless to say, it's not a, uh, it's not very good. Now, um, Cleveland goes seven and ten this year. Watson suspended for the first eleven games. They went three and three after Watson's uh, return. And Scott, he was bad when he came back. He looked like he hadn't played for about a year and a half. Yeah. And some of it, too, is completely different circumstances, different players, different time. He wasn't allowed to practice with Cleveland, so the timing was off. But, he, but you know, if we're being, if we're being fair, I think the people in the front office in Cleveland have to be holding their uh, breath a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Cause, and that's, that's what I put on here. I said, hopefully he just sucks now. It's what this franchise deserves. <laughs> it's amazing that they reset the entire quarterback market on him. Hey, they're going to blow up a division rival over it. So maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't the worst thing. Maybe it wasn't the worst thing in the world. Um, man, I, yeah. what a jerk. And I cannot believe they gave him 250 million fully guaranteed. And three first round picks, even yeah, more than th- than three first round picks. But you know, there's, um, let's just assume he gets back to his his former self as far as a player, and I think people forget how good he was. I really do. I, I mean, I th- I think people are are you know pissed about his situation and how Cleveland handles it, and um. Just how you know scumbaggy kind of that whole thing was, but if we just focus on—I know it's terrible just to say this—but just focusing on what he is as a quarterback, he's an elite quarterback. He was—he was an elite quarterback. I mean, that's the reason why you give up all those things for him. He certainly did not look like that, um, you know. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, Amari Cooper out here with a quiet 78 uh, catch, 1160-yard, nine-touchdown season. You know, just going back, looking through the stats of the players on the team, I was shocked. Yeah, I mean, considering that the majority or, what, two-thirds of that was with uh, Jacoby Brissett? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, those are huge numbers in that offense. Um, oh, we should mention here that the Vegas win total was off the board at the time we asked Cleveland to predict. He predicted five wins. They came in at seven, but this felt like a five-win team. Yeah, I think uh, knowing that it was Jacoby Brissett and, and you know, just kind of a mail-it-in kind of a season, yeah, it did. I think Cleveland was sort of all over that. I think yep. I, I think he'd have been pretty close to what Vegas would have had, yeah. Yep. Uh, Miles Garrett played extremely high level as well. We talked about that. Um, uh, Cleve and I talked about that coming into uh, the Northern preview show before you joined us. If you if you recall, for the North Division preview show, you were stuck in out of a high school football stadium. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yep. Um, so we talked about how Miles Garrett was a, could easily be defensive player of the year. Uh, in in the preview, and he wasn't, but 16 sacks is is pretty good. Now, going into the offseason, Cleveland has a negative $18 million in cap room, but that's not too bad. Teams can get out of a number like that, right? Yeah, it's just I don't know exactly where they are um, with players. I know I I, Johnny Johnson's getting released, the safety. Um, 
I don't. I'm. I'm sure they're going to be moving on from some, you know, some high-priced guys to to get themselves in position. But we'll see. Paul says Amari Cooper didn't have any spike week, so fantasy football slappies like you and I didn't notice he had a nice season. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. Uh, for the draft capital, they of course have no first-round picks because they traded the ball for Deshaun Watson. And they'll have two picks in the top 100. So my question is, how could this team improve with this cap situation and so few draft picks? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's. Uh, I, I think the only way to improve is to get significantly better quarterback play, which you would expect. You would expect there to be a little better, you know, if you get a good version of Deshaun Watson, that kind of hides a lot of flaws, a lot of problems. It's like we saw in Houston. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he put up really good numbers in Houston for the most part. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. It's interesting because I thought David Bell had a pretty good season for uh, for being kind of a, a, a very average athlete. So maybe he steps into your second wide receiver position and gives them some stability there. Third um, wide rec- Third wide receiver position. The second one's taken by an elite athlete who had a really good year. You're gonna and say I'm not being and I'm not know. being a slappy. No, I know, I know. I just don't. I think he's more. Uh, I don't think he's a volume receiver. I'm referring to Donovan Peoples Jones, in case people yeah. can pick up my Michigan slapness there. But yeah, he had a. Uh, you know, in best ball drafts right now, DPJ is going to like the 11th or 12th round. I, I believe it because I think he is. You know, he's going to have those spike weeks, like he, like Paul just mentioned. He's going to yeah. have. He's going to have weeks where he's going to go off. But I think Bell is one of the guys who keeps the chains moving. He's never yeah. gonna he's never gonna be a vertical threat. He's never gonna be you know a, the weapon that Cooper is. But you do need multiple multiple options. Yeah. Um, David and Joku's a good player, a good tight end. I mean, they have they have what should be a pretty good offense. Nick Chubb's a really good running back. Yeah, they're um, losing Kareem Hunt. Yeah, you'd expect. Um, you would think. Yeah. Um, now looking at their draft class from last year, they didn't have any first or second round picks. And I think they pretty much failed this draft. So you mentioned David Bell, who was their third pick, a third rounder, 99th overall. Before that, at pick 68 and 78, they took Martin Emerson and Alex Wright. Did these players do anything all season? I don't think so. No. no um, fourth round, they took Perrion Winfrey. He played a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and they took a kicker, Cade York, out of LSU in the fourth round. Who uh, I remember he had a super strong leg, but he missed a few clutch kicks as well. Yeah. Um, then they took Jerome Ford to be their fourth running back. Michael Woods, the second, who I thought was going to go undrafted out of Oklahoma as a wide receiver. And then Isaiah Thomas and Dawson Deaton. I literally, like besides David Bell, none of these players really played right. And York, the kicker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and And – you know, if you get anything out of any of those guys, you know, I mean, the odds are you're, you're not, you know. Right. Um, and soon we're going to take a look at the Ravens. Boundaries. They're just. Yeah. And uh, soon we're going to take a look at the Ravens draft board. And we'll compare their third round and later to the Browns third round and later. And you'll see the difference. Yeah. Between. Yeah, the, Ravens are, the Ravens do a pretty good job at this. Yes. They'll see a difference with your team. that knows what they're doing. Like you can get by because they had, what's that? Three, five, six, seven, nine total picks. Yeah. You can, you know, you might not get any pro bowlers out of that when you can't pick until pick 68, but you can do a lot better than David Bell's 
20 catches and Cade York as a kicker. You would hope, and you would hope, I mean, you know, a player like Winfrey is going to take a little time. Maybe, you know, maybe he emerges and steps in and, and plays for you for a few years and gives you something. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, that looks ugly. Yeah. But, you know, the odds are really low that, that those guys are going to, they're really going to make it and do much. Yeah. Um, all right. So it's the fourth place team in the AFC North. The third place team in the AFC North <laughs> is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, uh, oh, Paul makes a good point here in Cleveland. He says that two thirds could have moved them up into the second for a more impact player too. Just not good use of the picks. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. They just did not do. Imagine the Browns front office didn't do a good job. Um, Stunner. Yeah. Uh, so I picked Sad Mike Tomlin as the logo for the Steelers before I realized that they went nine and eight. <laughs> and yeah. so he he once again did not have a losing season. Yeah. Um also amazing, that, Cleve. Yeah. Yeah. The 2022 Vegas win total was seven. Cleve's win total was seven. And then they went nine and eight. So they actually did a little bit better than Vegas and Cleve thought they were going to do. Um, however, they closed up the year on a four-game winning streak. So at one point they were five and eight. And I remember at that point being like, wow, this is over. Tomlin's leaving. Pickett sucks. <laughs> like, thinking all that. But they rallied to finish 9-8. and eight. They did not make the playoffs, but they came pretty close. Mitch Trubisky started the season as quarterback, but he got benched during week four while being yeah. outplayed by Zach Wilson. Which is saying something. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the battle of number two overall picks. Yeah. At least, adjusted, wow. at least the Jets didn't trade up for Zach Wilson and pass on Patrick Mahomes. Hey, there, you know what? A lot of teams have made lots of mistakes on the quarterback position. It is not easy. True. It's not. It's not. Um, but trading up to Nick Trubisky and passing on Patrick Mahomes is... Yeah, that's going to be uh, something you look <laughs> at for a long time. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, uh, and so then Kenny Pickett got his first start at Buffalo in week five. And I remember on this show, I said that that was unfair because Buffalo was doing such a great job against opposing quarterbacks at the time. And the bills won 38 to three. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but he did, he did better as the season went on. And I think they're there. Are they committed to having him going forward in the next year? Or are they going to look for somebody else? Pickett? Yeah. I'm sure, I, I think they're committed to him. Uh, there's no reason for them not to be. Well, he wasn't I mean, great. He wasn't great, but he's a rookie quarterback. You know, I mean, understanding he's a rookie quarterback. Yeah, and plus, since they won those last four games in a row, they really took themselves out of contention for uh, maybe being in range for some of the, the other uh, players yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Najee Harris predictably did not rescue the Steelers' ground game for the second year in a row. Amazingly. Yeah. Man, do not spend first-round picks on running backs. Honestly, Jalen Warren is their best running back. He's a seventh-round pick. Well, if you're going to spend a first-round pick on a running back, he better be super, super special. And even if he is, he's still not worth it. I disagree, but... Christian, McCaff Christian McCaffrey, not worth it. Therefore, nobody's worth it. Okay. Right? I mean, how many playoff games Christian McCaffrey even played in? Like the two this year, yeah. It yeah, had to put on like the most complete team in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you could just get away. There are, I think, there are a few situations in the NFL where, when a team is ready, and a winning window has opened up, Mm -hmm. it might make some sense. Mm -hmm. But it is absolutely moronic. Like, if you were to tell me that Arizona, with the third pick in the draft, is drafting Bijan Robinson this year, I would tell you that's the dumbest thing they could possibly do. Yeah, because. By the time they figure it out and get to a point where they may win games, there's so much, you know, tread off his tires. It's it's just it's point it's useless. But there are, I think there are just a few, not a lot. There are a few teams where you could say it would make some sense because it's it's one of the okay. positions where you can see it translate very quickly. However, counter argument. Yes. Who are the Chiefs' wide receivers? Kadarius Tony. Yep. There's Simon one more. There's there's Nicole two more Hardman, under contract. Juju, nope, Har- Juju and Hardman are not under contract. They are free agents. Yeah. It's MBS, Guy Moore, and Kadarius Tony. Yeah. The Chiefs with the last pick of the first round took Clyde Edwards Hilaire because they thought they just needed a dynamic running back for whatever. Now, they should have taken Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> they should um, have. Or um, they should have taken a receiver. Or DeAndre Swift, but the very next pick was T. Higgins. Yes. Yes. Like, so even now, Bijan Robinson is obviously a much better prospect than Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's a better prospect than Jonathan Taylor was. Yes. But even with that, even with that, T. Higgins is more valuable to a team than any running back. And he's not even like the best wide receiver. Without a doubt, and it, even yeah. from just the monetary standpoint, like the the contracts that receivers are getting paid now are it's huge money. Yeah, and if you find one that late in round one on a rookie deal, it's right. like like how valuable is Amon Ra in Detroit? Yes, for like you know, um, I get it. I mean, I understand that. I understand. Right. I do. And so I, I the, think the Chiefs a few situations. Right, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl with Clyde Edwards Hilaire inactive giving the ball the seventh round pick Isaiah Pacheco yeah and they don't have T Higgins like that's what I mean the opportunity cost is just too great you can always find something more valuable at other more valuable positions because you can get Tyler Algier Elijah Mitchell Michael Carter like whoever you want later so that's the only reason right so once again the Steelers are like oh we need a we got this real great running back prospect five-star guy and it doesn't do anything because it's not going to do anything. Um, they're kind of a middling team to begin with. Yeah, their offensive line wasn't very good either. So no, no. it was especially bad for them, but it's just bad in general. Um, yeah. You know, the Jags yeah, take. And I agree with you there. That's just bad process because yeah. he's not saving your very poor offensive line. He's just not. And he's yeah. not really helping to further the offense. Um, because you're, he, you have to, you have to give him so many touches and so much volume. Yeah. And, you know, with a bad offensive line and not a lot of help there, it's just, I don't, you know, we, yeah, I, I agree with you for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just think that there could come along a running back so special that they're deserving of being the first of being the, not the first overall, but a first round pick. Yeah. But they just can't outproduce their it's the war, right? They just cannot not outproduce the replacement level by enough versus the other positions. They can't. And then the secondarily to that, and maybe 
maybe almost as important is that you you really can't commit a second contract to these guys. Right. Well, you're drafting a player who is easily replaced uh, in the war concept, but also a player that you're not going to give a second contract to. So you're really, you're getting four or five years period and that, and moving on. Exactly. You almost have to have that approach. Now, if you're a team that's kind of finished and really, you know, in the winning window and you just need, you need a player to come in and you have an opening at, you know, say running back, it's really easy to see how Bijan would come in as a rookie and be a very, very productive player. But for the most part, I would say in most of these situations, it's not worth taking a running back in round one. It's just right. Not. And that's the thing. So Ben here says the Steelers should have learned the running back lesson after Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, of course, was a phenomenal running back. Um, but he was they had Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that was the engine of the team. Le'Veon and Bell what? got to feed off of that, right? If they had only Le'Veon Bell, he wouldn't have done shit. Right. And they had a good offensive line and they had right. Antonio Holmes right. at times and they had, you know, they had other players and other other really good players. What's up, Don? Welcome to the chat. Ben in the chat, Paul in the chat. Uh be sure to like the be sure to like the video if you're in the chat. Uh watching watching on YouTube right now. Um and again if you're listening on an audio version it is a YouTube live stream. I've got a um horribly crafted but still useful document on the screen to help us through the conversations here as we're reviewing the uh um, the team. So to continue here with the Steelers, TJ Watt missed most of the season with an injury. Their cap room is $0. Like they're right on the line going into the off season. Yeah. Um, and then their draft capital, they have the 17th overall pick and four picks at the top 100. So my questions were, do they stick with Pickett at QB or pursue somebody else who seem pretty solid? They're going to stick with Kenny Pickett. Um, and then did their four game win streak keep them locked in with Pickett? And I think yes. Like they yeah. they're too far back. Yeah. They can't. I mean, picking at 17th, because there's no way Richardson gets past nine. He never makes it past Carolina. But what would they do with Pickett anyway? I mean, it's are you really tra- what you would you be trading him? Maybe. Or you just need two. Like you can't if if you're Rookie quarterback isn't great. You can't assume they're going to be good. Like even even somebody like Baker Mayfield, after his second year, we were like, "Oh, this guy's made it. He's figured it out. Whatever." Yeah. And now he sucks. Like you know, it just you kind of got to keep swinging at it. But I think they're too far back to swing. Like they're kind of locked in with Pickett now because they won nine games. If they only won five games and they're picking in the the Detroit six seven range. Different story. Yeah. yeah. Then, then they might, then they might be, then they might be in play. Yeah. Um, and then, do they trade Najee Harris? Because you already mentioned they don't, they don't want to give a second contract. You know, if you're, and if you're somebody like the Bills, would you be interested in Najee Harris or something like that, or are they just sort of stuck with him too? So this is a really deep running back class. Um. I don't know that you draft Najee Harris in round one two years ago and then flip him for pennies two seasons later. I don't know what they would get for him. Yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't know what I don't know what they would get for him. So I don't know why they would trade him. Yeah. I was thinking they get like a third, but you're right, they can't because in the third somebody will just take Sean Tucker or Ty J Spears this year and be perfectly yeah. happy. Sure. Yeah. 
Um, so they're stuck. So basically, they're stuck with Pickett. They're stuck with Harris. You don't really want to be feeling like you're stuck with your picks. No, no. So you need you need some offensive line help, and you need yeah. you know you need you need help. Yeah. Now reviewing their their draft, they took Pickett at twentieth overall, which I thought was reach. There was no need to take Kenny Pickett that high, but they seem to really like him. They took George Pickens 52nd overall in the second round. Uh, hit or miss season, showed the blocking chops in the in the preview. We all, because by the time we were talking about the Steelers, you were with us, uh, we were all talking about how he blocks like Heinz Ward. That's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that man lives to destroy defensive backs. Yeah. Um, didn't have a huge season receiving, but showed enough to where I'm He's still smashed. excited about the future. Yes. Yeah. Uh sixth round pick Connor Hayward got some play. He was even yep. playing over uh Fryermuth, displaced the uh, uh his college rival Zach Gentry. So there's that. But like the Marvin Leol, he didn't do much, did he? I do not think so. Again, those guys take time. Yeah. Um Calvin Austin, nothing. He got hurt though. Um, he was hurt. I liked him. Uh super fast, but too too small. You know, he is tiny. Tiny, tiny, yeah, yeah, just almost yeah, a gimmicky kind of a you know manufactured touch type of player. Yeah, but that's that's rough in the NFL. Like, yeah, you know yeah. that's that's hard to pull off. So really, I don't think this was a very good draft. I was more excited about this draft at the time, even though I thought they reached for Pickett. Paul makes a good point that should have taken a wide receiver at twenty and Pickens at fifty-two. What's funny is that there were six wide receivers in the first eighteen. So who was the seventh wide receiver off the board? I think from their point of view, they would say we'd rather have our first choice quarterback than our seventh choice wide receiver. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and there's a little despair there too. Like, you know, we, we, you, I think in the end, it's like they had Trubisky. And while they were telling everybody who would listen that they felt comfortable there, clearly yeah. they didn't. No. You know? And no. rightly so, they didn't. But more to Paul's point. They could have taken Sam Howell in the third, yes. right? It didn't have to be Pickett per se because Pickett's not appreciably better prospect than the players that went a couple of rounds later. Yeah, I just think that he was um, a little safer, I guess is how I would. I think he had, to put it in like fantasy terms, I think he has a little more stable floor while not get. I don't think he gives them – like I, I don't know that he's got the upside of like what Sam Howell could give you mm -hmm. if he works, um, just because of the running stuff. But um, I think he could play in year one because he had some, you know, he's a senior with some polish and he had played, uh, you know, he played a lot of football. But it's that pick just stuck sticks out to me as like a kind of a boring. Um, we're going to settle for quarterback purgatory pick. Yes. Um, yeah, the, the, it just put them in a rough position because now even going into next year, they're going to be too good really to compete for Caleb Williams or something like that. They just kind of really did themselves in there. They did. Um, in some ways, last thing I'll say about that one is in some ways you'd, you'd rather these guys fail really quickly yes. than play to a level that makes you draft later. Yeah. And furthers the, uh, you know, you're getting further away from winning as you make these, as you finish nine and an eight at nine and eight. You just are. Yep. Yep. Um, 
the second place team, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jake, for the Photoshop here. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see we've got um, uh, Scrooge McDuck with the Ravens logo since they refused to pay Lamar Jackson. I so. am not going to understand that one. Yeah. Um, so for the Ravens, 10 and 7, second AFC North, lost to Cincinnati Wildcard around without Lamar. Uh, Vegas win total was nine and a half, so they were right on the money. Cleve said 12, and I think Cleve would have been more on line, uh, except Lamar got hurt in week 13 against Denver and did not return. They were yeah. three and three without Lamar, including the Broncos game. So they were seven and four with him. Yeah. So they were doing better. J.K. Dobbins came back a little bit over the course of the uh, season. He wasn't fully back to himself, but he looked enough to where like you could expect him to be back to normal this season. I hope so. There was a moment where when he first came back, when he took when he ran the ball, it was a nice run. He had like a 30 yard run, but it was like he looks awful. I don't know, like uh physically, he looked like he was limping a little bit. Um he did not look he did not look like he was fully oh I know he was because they would never have played him had he not been over it. But you know, if he gets back into if he gets back into looking the way he looked, again, that's a dangerous offense, man. It just is. Um, I hope he does recover. You know, he was a really good prospect. He's a good running back. He was. Yeah. Yes. Um, Dodgers infielder Gavin Lux out for the season with a torn ACL. I don't pay much attention to baseball. I'm playing some baseball, best ball this year, but um, non-contact spring spring training injury for a torn ACL that is bad luck <laughs> so that doesn't happen in baseball like that's yeah not I saw the replay running the bases just sort of stumbled in wow. yeah so uh shout out to him hopefully he'll be back next year um never even heard of this guy before this happened so I hope he's not like some super jerk or something but uh <laughs> still like that is extremely bad luck for a yeah. non-contact ACL injury in spring training baseball yeah. Um, all right. Uh, during the season, the Ravens traded for Roquan Smith and signed him to a five-year, $100 million deal with $60 million guaranteed. So they are willing to pay somebody. They have $25 million. It. It's a freaking linebacker you gave that kind of money to. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, they have $25 million in cap room. Now, their draft capital, they have the number 22 overall pick, but only at one more pick in the top 100. But – I guarantee you they make two great picks yes. in, the, in the top 100. <laughs> they should, that's what yeah. they do. Ugh. So Ben asks here, is Lamar or anyone who plays like him just too injury prone to bet a franchise on? The answer is no. People who play like Lamar Jackson tend to get hurt less than the statuesque quarterbacks. This is because while they get hit more, it's where they get hit. Yeah. Statue quarterbacks get hit in the knees. They get hit in the head. They're out for longer times when, when they're out, right? Um, Matt Stafford doesn't play like Lamar Jackson. He was out last year, right? Um, you know, you're paying, you're paying for the ceiling. You're paying for when the players are healthy. Jalen hurts plays like that. He missed a couple games yeah. this year. The Eagles still made the super bowl. And, right. And some of what you're paying for is the, uh, outrageous, you know, playmaking ability. Yeah, it is. It just is. Yep. Yeah. So, um, generally speaking, the scrambly quarterbacks might get hurt more often, but they're not hurt for as long. Usually. I mean, a couple things about Lamar's injury. If he was already under contract, I think he might've played in the playoffs. Maybe. Um, 
And if it happened in week seven, he's back by the playoff push anyways. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't a season ending injury. It happened in week 13. Yeah. Um. So, you know, most injuries, unless you're having a recurring injury over and over again, most injuries are actually just bad luck. There's not really a thing as injury prone. Uh, the data would tell us unless it's a recurring the same thing over and over. So, yes, you just pay these top quarterbacks. And I don't know if Lamar is worth $260 million guaranteed, but Deshaun Watson got 250 and Lamar is worth more than that. Well, I mean, the Ravens may not view him to be worth that with all that guaranteed money, but I promise you other teams do. Yes. So that's going to be the problem for the Ravens. Yes. Um, and so just real quick here, if they hit him with the exclusive franchise tag, they have to pay him $45 million per year. He can't negotiate with anybody else. If they end up with a non-exclusive, it's $32 million this year. Um, another team can sign him and then owe the Ravens two first-round picks or the Ravens can match the offer. If they go with a non-exclusive, some other team's going to offer him something the Ravens don't want to match, right? I would think that it would be a, like there would be multiple teams in on that. Like we're going to we're going to pay you your 55 million guaranteed or whatever it is. We don't care about the two first round picks, who cares? Right. They're they the two first round picks are meaningless in that equation. So yeah. yeah. Um maybe that gives the Ravens an out. Yeah, absolutely. Ben says, you cannot convince me that Stafford subjects himself to more punishment than Lamar does. It's not about the amount. It's about the severity of when you get hit, right? So, uh, like, Tom Brady missed an entire season because he took one shot to the knee in the yeah. first game, right? And he's gone for the season because he can't he can't really move. Brock Purdy breaks his elbow, and he's out until whenever, right? If that had happened in week two, he'd be out for the season just like Trey Lance, yeah. right? Um, no, Kyler tore an ACL. So Kyler's actually out for the, um, you know, for, for quite a while, but that's a non-contact thing too. So it's yes, like, you know, yeah. So the, um, I mean, the data, the data is the data statuesque quarterbacks that don't run as much miss more games through injury than the running quarterbacks do, because when they do get hit and hurt, it's much more severe because it's the knees and the head. Yeah. Right not just a shot to the ribs or whatever. Um, even look at Mahomes, right? Mahomes twists up his ankle. Yeah. Right. They, he, they, well, he says he didn't take any painkillers, but you know, whatever he's able to get, he's able to get out there. So, um, you know, it's just the, the statue quarterbacks miss more time. I, you know, that's just the data for, for that. Yeah. Um, all right. So, the Ravens draft, Scott, this is a thing of beauty. They have two first-round picks. They draft the 14th overall, Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame, who for a long time was being mocked even like number two overall to Detroit, as high as yeah. the fifth overall pick. Yep. Um, PFF's highest-graded safety of the year. Yep. Not rookie, safety. Mm-hmm. He is safety sauce gardener. Um, pretty good. Yep. Pretty good. Paul says who let Kyle Hamilton fall to the fucking Ravens. Yes. That's a good point. Uh, 25th overall, Tyler Linderbaum, already a star at center. So the Hamilton, uh, suffered a little bit from the combine. He did not test well. Uh, Yes, but 
and he still went 14th, which for a safety is fantastic. Like yeah. it's not like he fell way yeah, off. I, mean, I think he went he went right about where he should have gone. Yeah, I mean, when you consider the positions that went ahead of him too, you had what three receivers because you had London, Wilson, and Jamison, and Olave. So you had yeah. four receivers: Hutch, Thibodeau, Sauce, Stingley, Walker. and then the lineman. I I don't know that he fell necessarily. Like I'm not sure who in front of him I would have. Yeah, no, I think he went right about where he should have gone. Yeah, it just he went to a team that historically has made really good picks. Yeah, I mean the Eagles took Jordan Davis before that, right? Didn't Jordan Davis go 13th? I believe they traded up possibly to 13, but I could be wrong. Yeah, if if Jordan Davis went before that, you could be like, well, maybe the Eagles should have taken Kyle Hamilton instead. Like, but that's what we're talking about here. The like you wouldn't take well the head of Evan Neal, Ikekwanu. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't. I I guess it is about. I guess it is about right where for where he should have gone. It just feels like the Ravens always get these steals, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, Jabo did come in and play at the end of the season. He did. Travis um, Jones, I thought, was a total steal. Yep, you said that on the preview show. You said you like Travis Jones should have been like it or could have been a late first rounder. I had a second round grade on him. We were both excited about that. Um, and then in the fourth round, Isaiah likely pick one thirty nine tied down to Costa Carolina, epic smash. Yes, they they kind of crushed the fourth round. Yeah. Yes, yeah. In the fourth round, they took Daniel Falele, who is I want to say roughly seven foot eleven. In 900 pounds out of the offensive pick out of Minnesota. Uh, J- yeah. Yep. Jalen Armour Davis, cornerback of Alabama, who played. Charlie Kohler, who's been hurt all year, tight end of Iowa State. Jordan Stout, punter, Penn State, already a great punter. Um, Isaiah Likely, and then Demarion Williams, cornerback from Houston. He's the only one I didn't see play. Yeah. yeah and Beatty, uh, I like. I thought Beatty was a good pick, too. Yeah, except now he's on the Broncos. They cut him. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, so now he's on the Broncos. Um, was there any other? No, that was it. So yeah, the Ravens again, crushed the draft this year. They only have two picks, but we'll see how that, how that ends up, uh, uh, going. So yeah, and everything they do is going to be driven be- behind the Lamar decision. Yeah. Also, Paul said second year in a row, Notre Dame player was the biggest value in the draft after, uh, JOK last year, which is Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. I think that's short for. Yeah, that's a nice pull. Thank you. Um, yes, well done. He was in like the late second round. Yeah, well, this year, Jarrett Patterson, the offensive lineman, is being projected for like the fourth round. Yeah. I, auto start 12 years. Like, I don't understand it, but, you know. What I mean? To me, he would be, if you're in the early part of round three and you have a need at, let's say, right guard, Yeah, he would be like, run to the podium with that name, yes. please. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Set it and forget it. Good. Yeah. Moving on. So I don't know if an offensive lineman, interior lineman can be the biggest value in the draft, but Jarrett Patterson is going to be way underdrafted yes. <laughs> this this year. Some of these guys uh, always are. They yep. just are. Um, and then the winner of the AFC North, we're going to pick up the pace here a little bit. The winner of the AFC North is uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. We got Joe Burrow here swagged out. Uh, so 12-4, first in AFC North, lost in the AFC title game to Kansas City. Second straight year, obviously, making the title game because they made the Super Bowl the year before. Vegas win total was 10. Cleve said they would win 15 games. Now, that's absurd. However, I think directionally, Cleve was right. 
I do too. By saying that they won 15 games, he's saying this is a top team that needs to be considered with the Kansas City and Buffaloes of the of the league. And they in are. that case, he's right. Yeah, yeah, right. There's, there's, they belong in the exact same conversation. And so, while no team should ever be projected to win 15 games in a season, yeah, yeah, that's a directionally, lot, he's but, right. Yeah, yeah. But it took a little while to get there because they lost to Cleveland at Halloween and fell to four and four. That was the first game when Chase was out and they couldn't do yeah. anything on offense. Yeah, it was an odd year for them. Um, in the end, they did right the ship, like you're saying, and, and they kind of yeah. they did get it figured out. Uh, it's a, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd and Chase and some of these guys. Um, Hayden Hurst is an is an is a reasonable tight end, but you could upgrade there. Yeah, um, you need help on that offensive line. I mean, you just do. <laughs> I, I, it's. I can't make this bet yet. If I could, I would bet right now exactly Dalton Kincaid to the Bengals. Fine. <laughs> if if I like That's if serious. I could find a place to book it, I would book that bet. Yeah, no, I think and that makes a ton of sense because he is he is much more receiving weapon than pat than blocker. And yeah. who cares? Yes, especially he, for that team. You're not that team's not drafting a tight end. To ask him to, to, you know, hey, roll up next to the right tackle and inline block for us. Uh uh-uh. No. Yeah, I'm with you. That, that's a really nice fit. I don't know what pick they have, but he may be he may be gone by then. Well, okay. if you if you look on the screen, you can see the draft capital they picked 29th, which also yeah. puts them in your Bijan range. They might need to move up, but yeah. they can let mix they're probably gonna cut Mixon to save cap room. Yeah. Which puts them square in play for for Bijan. Um, they have thirty five million dollars in cap room, anyways, so they can continue to improve signing free agents. They still need to improve the offensive line. Yeah, they do. Um, they're going to keep Higgins this year. I do have in the question, so they're going to trade Higgins. But the GM came out today since I made that note and was like, "No, we're not trading to Higgins." So I saw it. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be he'll be there. I mean, they um, have to be blown away by an offer to to make that kind of a move. Yeah, and then as far as paying Burrow and Chase, do they pay them this year or wait? I think they'll wait. They'll pick up the fifth-year options on both and then pay them each. It's Higgins who might end up being the odd man out when the time comes. Yeah. Um, But they they might be able to get, the way the wide receiver position is now in the league, they might be able to get two firsts for him. That's what I'm saying. If somebody does blow them away with that kind of an offer, they may consider it. I don't think they consider it this year. Possibly, yeah, they, yeah, because yeah. they, I think they just think they're ready to win. Yeah, but and, and what do they, what do they, what does he make? Like two million dollars, right? Right. So, yeah, you need to, you need that value. Yeah, yeah. Now, in the next offseason, though, say you're the Patriots, and you come up with two firsts for Higgins. Now, mm-hmm. and you might as well because he can't draft for shit anyways in the first round. So you might as well trade him for T Higgins. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Yeah, or Kansas City, who could have drafted him anyways. Um, right. So, but not this season, not this off season. Yeah, T Higgins yeah. will be on the Bengals next year. Yeah. Um, their draft this year, I thought was pretty good. First round Dax Hill safety out of Michigan. Took a little while to get going. Um, made a couple mistakes, kind of like his freshman year at Michigan, same sort of pattern. <laughs> um, 
but he's he's going to get there. You could tell yeah. he's got the athleticism. Um, oh, yeah. Cam Keller, Britt, corner out of Nebraska, played a lot for them this year. Um, and then as far as I know, I don't remember the other guys playing too much. I was really hyped on uh, Cordell Volson, the tackle in North Dakota State, coming in. Yeah. But he he got called into duty, but I don't remember if, if he did very well. I don't think he did, but, you know, that's a tough ask. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. in those important games, that's tough. Yeah. All right. Moving on now to the NFC North. The last place team in the NFC North was the Chicago Bears. For I'm trouble seeing what's on the screen there. Oh yeah, that's because it's like it's like West uh uh Westworld where the robots can't see the things that would harm them. Yeah. It's a picture of Justin Fields saying I'm the best quarterback in this draft. Well, that is hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel harmed. I'm just triggered. In, just in case you thought it was uh revisionist history here. So the Bears go three and fourteen to finish last in the NFC North, good for the number one overall pick. Vegas win total was six and a half. Cleve said they'd win eight games. So Cleve thought they were going to come in and be a little bit better. Yeah. And they started the season three and four. They started the season on pace for that, but man, did they just knuckle down and tank and lose 10 in a row. They did. Yep. Justin Fields. Yes. Justin Fields ran for 1143 yards. Second most by QB all time behind Lamar Jackson. Um, the Bears traded away what is now the 32nd overall pick to the Steelers for Chase Claypool. It's amazing, isn't it? God. Like, he doesn't even fit with Fields. Uh, now, at the time they made the trade, it was like the 47th pick. Yes. Yeah, they just tanked all the way down. But still, it's amazing. The Steelers get the 32nd pick in the draft for Chase Claypool. Yep. Oh, Unbelievable. Um, they also traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn in season to just absolutely complete this tank. Now, there are some there's some good news for the Bears. The first is that they have $90 million in cap room. So they can go out and sign some free agents. The bad news is the best free agent wide receiver is Jacoby Myers. Yes. So it's a bad and year to have all that not money. Not a great draft either for yeah. You know, I mean you can get players, but yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be rough. Um, draft capital first overall, three in the top one hundred. Uh, so the questions are: What do they do with the number one pick? Trade down, trade down twice, trade fields, keep it. This is something we're gonna be discussing a lot as we go forward. So we don't need to discuss it tonight. Just everybody needs to keep this in mind: What the Bears do with the number one overall pick at yeah. this point, along with what Aaron Rodgers decides to do, are the two biggest questions yeah. of the offseason that will influence how everything else follows. Um, after that, presuming they keep fields, will they get some legit wide receivers for him? We just sort of touched on that too. Like, are they going to sign Jacoby Myers and Tyler Boyd and call it a day? Right? Are they going to? I mean, man, they wish that. I bet they wish that thirty second overall pick. That's Josh Downs, right? Like, yeah, they could do something with that. Um, yeah, they could. Yeah. Now reviewing the Bears draft pick from last draft from last year, uh, second round they had two: Kyler Gordon, corner; Jaquan Brisker, a safety. You like weren't on, yes, you weren't on when we talked about the Bears picks in the preview. You weren't on the you weren't uh, on that episode yet. You came on later, but I referenced how much you loved Jaquan Brisker all throughout the draft process and how much you yeah. loved the pick, and that hit. He's very good. Yes, he is. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a hit. He's going to be one of those one of the 
uh, you know, when the Lions moved away from, uh, you know, in that range and didn't take a player like him. Yeah. It was a bummer. Obviously, Kirby Joseph looks pretty good, but Brisker is Brisker yeah. is legit. Yes, he's fantastic. And really, I think it's the Vikings we'll get to who took Lewis Seen at 32nd or whatever instead of Brisker that are going to be feeling that the most. Yes. Yeah. Um, third round, they took Uncle Vellis Jones, who was a 39-year-old rookie. Uncle Vellis. <laughs> uh, I can't take credit for that. That's not my joke, but I That's don't know funny. whose joke it was. Um, (laughs) yeah, uncle Vellis, um, who looks like a fine kick returner, but in the third round, you need a wide receiver. He's legitimately 25. He's like the same age as Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, then the rest of these picks, Braxton Jones, Dominic Robinson, Zachary Thomas, Tristan Ebner, Doug Kramer, Jatire Carter, Elijah Hicks, Trenton Gill, literally nothing. Yeah. And that team is so bad. I'm sure some of these guys did play. Yes. But does it matter? No. No, they set this draft on fire. Yeah. Like, the Bears would not have the first overall pick this year if they drafted like the Ravens last year. They would have gotten two more wins. Yeah. That's how bad this draft was. Yes. Third place team. Third place team in the a- in the NFC North is the Green Bay Packers. It's amazing. Scott, what's the logo? Uh... It looks like a dark room. Yes, this is Aaron Rodgers' dark room. Um, here for the Packers for the Packers logo. Um, eight and nine, third in the NFC North. Vegas win total was eleven, but look at Cleve. Cleve said they'd win eight games. All over it, drilled it. (laughs) Absolutely drilled the Packers here. Um, needed to beat Detroit in Week eighteen to make the playoffs. They did not make the playoffs. Yep. Glorious. Yes. Um, uh, Christian Watson did emerge as a very good wide receiver for them as a rookie. Um, after that hilarious drop, <laughs> he just <laughs> dropped a seven half yard touchdown in the first game. It was. Um, and I thought Rogers was going to spontaneously combust on the sideline, but I <laughs> uh, did okay. Uh, so yeah, the Packers started three and one, then lost five in a row, which started with back to back losses to the New York teams. Yeah. Uh, and remember Sauce Gardner with the cheese head on his head yep, after the Jets do. won. Yep. Um, but from there, they could never recover and put anything together. They were just back and forth, a couple wins, a couple losses in a row, never really got it going. Cap room, negative $18 million, but the Aaron Rodgers thing probably impacts that a little bit. Just um, a little. Draft capital, 15th overall, three in the top 100. Then the question, of course, will Aaron Rodgers return? If not, is Jordan Love, Jordan Love automatically getting the QB job? The second one, I think, is yes. Absolutely, yeah, he is. Yep. Um, I think the first one is also a yes at this point. He'll return. No, no, I'm sorry. It'll be. It's a no. I don't think he comes back. I yeah. I, after the press conference today, where they said they haven't even really talked that much, and it's March first. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Ooh, that doesn't look good. No. Looks good for Cleve though. Yeah. J E T S. I, I, the people are talking about the Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. I don't see it. I don't see how. I just think they're connecting Devontae Adams and, and yeah, you know that that that's really all there is to that. But yeah, but that but the team's not good. You got to play against Herbert and Mahomes, and theoretically yeah. Russell Wilson, right? Yeah. So, um, all right. And then how do the Packers improve their pass catching talent? I mean, if they 
trade Rodgers, they'll have enough picks, I guess, to do something. But as of right now, right, I mean, Alan Lazard is one of the top receiving free agents. He is. I mean, you if you have Watson and you you view him as, um, you know, what they might consider their number one going forward. Um, Romeo Dubs is enough was another rookie last year. Um, you draft say Jordan Addison this year. I hope I got the name right. Yes, yes, <laughs> you did. Um, um, that's okay. Yeah. Nope. Now let me let me tell you though. And I hate to say this uh, uh, for Paul, who's a major Notre Dame fan and, of course, hates the Packers like any decent human being. Oh, you're going to say Mayer. This is a Michael Mayer spot. Yeah, it is. Michael yeah. Mayer is is like final form Robert Tunyon. <laughs> like, yeah. right, he is he is Robert Tunyon if Robert Tunyon was a, was a potential all-pro tight end. Like, I could see this being like that guy. And, he's and he goes. He's a really good tight end. I think he's super safe. Yeah. Um, that, that does kind of scream to me that kind of a pick. Yeah. Paul <laughs> says, God, please no. But you know, as soon as I said it, Paul, you know, it makes too much sense. You know, it makes too much sense. Um, Packers draft, very interesting one. So they had two first round picks. They don't use any on a wide receiver. They take, uh, Quay Walker at 22, Devontae Wyatt at 28, both defensive players out of Georgia, Quay Walker played a lot this year, and he seems he to be getting penalties all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, young player, uh, probably not quite as easy, um, you know, in Green Bay than it was in George, at Georgia. I Yeah, probably not. Devontae Wyatt I liked a lot last year in the draft, in the, in the run-up. Um, I think he'll, he'll, he'll grow over yeah. time. Uh, then 53rd overall second round Krishna Watson wide receiver. This was a very boomer bust pick. He yeah. couldn't, he didn't produce a lot at North Dakota state, but his measurables were off the charts. I didn't like the pick with some of the other players on board, but Krishna Watson has shown that he is a legitimately good wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. He's an excellent uh, prospect with, with, you know, with just with the upside, but he does have to, He's all, he always he he has struggled with drops. Yeah, and he's got to figure it out. Yes. You know? Um, and then in the fourth round they took Romeo Dubs, uh, wide receiver out of Nevada, who was actually coming out a little bit and got hurt, unfortunately yeah. for me, my best ball bags. But um, he was he was looking pretty good. Zach Tom in the fourth round, who I desperately wanted the Lions to take. Like the way he tested at the combine, he yeah. hit every single mark that you need yep. for a good late round offensive lineman, and he is an absolute smash for the Packers. I'm so mad. Yep. Um, yep. And I like I thought Kingsley Enigbare was was a really good pick too. Yes. Yeah. Uh, super athletic defensive uh, edge rusher out of South Carolina. After that, I don't think they did very much. Samori Torre made the team, returned some punts or whatever, but still Walker, Wyatt, Watson, Dubs, and Tom and Enigbare, like. All those players were better than anybody the Bears picked. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they got six six better players. All right, second place in the NFC North, our beloved Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, man, nine and eight. Vegas win total six and a half. Cleve says eight. So He's again, yes, he was correct in the right direction again. Again, yes. 
Uh, so they started the season one and six, uh, and of course finished the season. Then what's that? Eight and two. Yeah. Um, however, in that eight and two was a super embarrassing, pathetic loss at Carolina that would have gotten them in the playoffs if they had won. Yeah. So it should have been. It really should have been nine to one. That was really embarrassing. That um, was an ugly loss. Very. It ugly was. Loss. It was. Um, Jamal Williams of the NFL and rushing TDs was seventeen, just like we all predicted before the season. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Evan Silva for establishing the run. He did get Jamal Williams to lead the NFL rushing at one hundred and fifty to one. To lead the, the, uh-huh. the NFL in rushing touchdowns. Yes, he bet wow. it at one hundred fifty to one. He he did he didn't say how much he bet, but he was really excited about this bet coming down the stretch. Okay, good for him. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a good hit. Um, they needed a Rams win in Week 18 to make the playoffs. They did not get it. So that game Baker went first. Mayfield, damn it. Yeah. Um, Lions have 15 million dollars in cap room. Draft capital though is just off the charts. Number six overall, number 18 overall, and five total in the top 100. Is that cap room? Uh, does that? Include the Brockers ten million dollars. No, this is this is when the offseason starts. It's how I'm okay. doing these. So okay. like next week we're gonna get to the commanders. Yeah. The Carson Went stuff won't be there. Okay. Right. So it's just when the offseason started. Okay. Um I thought it was the best way to do it to compare all the teams. Yeah, no. Um yeah. So they start the offseason with fifteen million in cap space, tons of draft capital. But the question is do the Lions extend Jared Goff or try to be a contending team? So I, I think if there's a reason that to like if Deron Payne was not uh, didn't sign the tag today, and the Lions felt that that would complete their defensive line, which you can make an argument that it would have, um, I think it might have pushed them to make the decision to extend Goff, which I think is would have been a catastrophic decision. Um, but. It just depends uh, what's out there. What what do they want to spend on? I've heard that the Lions want to be in on Saquon Barkley, which makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little. Like, what are we doing? You know, like of all of the of all the ways to get production out of that position, the worst way to do it is to overpay for an aging runner who's been injured. The second worst is to draft one in the first round, and the best way to do it monetarily. Is to take one late. Why are you? Am I upsetting you? <laughs> Just sign Tony Pollard. Okay. He's younger. He does everything. Like if you're like, why would you be in for Saquon Barkley? I, I don't know. I just it's, it's something I've heard. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Um, don't they have DeAndre Swift? They do, but I don't think they think they can rely on him to play through things. Like he will not play. He's not effective when he's dinged up. Their offense is significantly better when when a player like Swift is going and, yeah. and is explosive and all. They are better. They just are. But they can't rely on him because there's a lot of times when he's just unavailable. You know. Uh, sorry, just a real quick digression. K- Kansas basketball, men's basketball, has not – they've won 39 straight senior nights. Are the, is this a senior night for them? It is. They've lost. They've won. Thir- they have not lost on senior night since March of 1983. That's the year I was born. <laughs> wow. 
Okay, sorry. That's a crazy statistic that just flashed up in front of me. Crazy Um, stat. Because like that's conference games. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes meaningful ones. Yeah. Okay. That's that is a bonker statistic that I wanted to, that I wanted to get out there and share. I don't even like Kansas, but um. So then, will the Lions make a play for one of the top four QBs in the draft this year? They're currently picking six. They've got number eighteen as well. Theoretically, they could get up to number three. The Bears won't trade with them, so they can't get no. up to number one. And Houston's not moving, so they can't get to number two. But they could get to number three. Do you think they would do that? No, um, unless they absolutely love one of them. But it would have to be, you know, specifically one of them. Yes, and they have to be available at number three. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. quarterbacks are going one and two for sure. I think and so, I, yeah. And I think somebody's moving up to number three for another one. So That could be how this goes, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I actually think there's a possibility the Lions can hold at six and get Anderson. Or Carter, maybe? or Carter, one or the other. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think Tyree Wilson is a is a really interesting player. I think he's a, a Seattle fit. Um, you know, he's kind of like a moldable piece of clay who hasn't gotten a bunch of great coaching down there at Texas Tech, but a really good player. Um, yeah. Now for the Lions draft last year, first uh, second overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson, smash. Um, the guy was just born to play football, <laughs> like like grown in a lab to play football. I'm so glad we were able to get him after blowing the first overall pick. Um, traded up with the Vikings to 12th overall, took Jamison Williams, wide receiver from Alabama, who I think could have had six touchdowns this year with better passes. He could have. Yeah, I think he could have put up like six touchdowns on 20 targets. Yeah, he could have. With, yeah. with some better throws. Um now, after the draft, you were hype on Josh Pascal. I don't remember him doing much this year. However, Kirby Joseph in the third, Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth, James Houston's in the sixth as well, were all smash picks for the Lions. Yeah, I think Pascal's a smash pick for the Lions. Did he already start to show that, though? There are moments of it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, not a lot, because I don't think he played a lot. Yeah. And he was coming off an injury and all that stuff. But from yeah. the very first snap he took, it was against Dallas. And um, you could see he's playing that closed end position where Hutchinson's playing the open end side. And you could just see the physicality, how big he is, uh, how impactful his hands are. I mean, he's got super heavy hands. And I think that the Lions probably are more excited about him getting back to his, you know, to health than they are just about anything at this point. Because he is, he's got it. He's a good football player. So the point is the Lions absolutely smashed the draft last year. They did. They crushed. Yeah. Yes. Like top to bottom, through and through. Yeah. <laughs> like even Chase Lucas in the seventh round is a good special teams player. Like yeah, they got sure they, yeah. they they really smashed the draft last year. Yeah. Um, even better than Baltimore. Mm, close. Depends on Jameson. Depends better. on what we got on Jameson. It is true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um but that's the level we're talking about, which you don't really say about the Lions top to bottom through and through in the draft, right? That's pretty exciting. It is. So then, the, so then as we wrap up here, the first place team in the NFC North was the Minnesota Vikings. Hit them with the gritty. Um, finished 13-4, first in the NFC North. Lost at home to the Giants in the wild card round. 
Not surprised. No. Vegas win total was nine. Cleve said 11. So once again, he's right because I got 13. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's all over these. Uh, 2022 season, fraudulent. Without a doubt. Well, absolutely fraudulent. Yes. Won 13 games but finished with a negative point differential. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, Paul says best Lions draft top to bottom since. I, I mean. Ever? Yeah. Because they get some decent. Because, like, Galladay was a third-round pick, but they didn't, like, get anybody in the fifth that year. Yeah, yeah. Sean Rogers was, what, a second-round pick? So that's even, uh, like. He might have been ex- late first with Kevin Jones kind of a thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, You know, I don't remember, like, I mean, they picked up because Kirby Joseph, Malcolm Rodriguez are starters. Yes. Good long-term starters. Fourth and sixth round. James Houston, worst-case scenario, situational pass rusher. Sure. Hutchinson right, you, starter. Right, you like Pascal. Pascal Hutchinson, Hutchinson's yeah. going to go into the Pro Bowl year in and year out. And Jamison Williams won't be the best wide receiver in this draft class just because Wilson and Olave are so good that it's so likely to be one of them. I think he's very much tied to whoever the quarterback is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I can't remember another one. This might be pending Jamison Williams. If Jamison Williams ends up being a T Higgins level quality wide receiver. Yeah. And a Mari Cooper level wide receiver, this could be their best draft class ever. Yeah, it could be. Um, and it doesn't involve a quarterback. All right. The Vikings uh, traded for TJ Hawkinson in season and did make him a focal point of the offense. Uh, he really did start to show up once he got there. They, which they traded with, uh, they traded uh, with an in division rival, and they have to pay him, and they used them correctly for both of those things being true. They did, but they also did not win as many games as the Lions did over that stretch. True, but we're going to get to why that might have been. Okay, uh, Justin Jefferson. No, but it's this. Justin Jefferson won Offensive Player of the Year, and they still did not throw him the ball enough. Correct. Yeah. Yes. He, he needs 15 targets a game. Yeah. Or more. Yeah. Yeah, at minimum. Yeah. Um, cap room, negative $23 million going into the offseason. Uh, draft capital, 23rd overall, only two in the top 100. So, but they're, they're, they got the quarterback, they got Justin Jefferson, but the defense needs a lot of work. So they need to find some cap room, and they're going to use these draft picks on defense 100%. Yeah. Um, what do the and, Vikings do with Even the players they have on defense, they're aging. It's it's yes. not trending great. No. Now, what do they do with Delvin Cook, and how do they improve their wide receiver core? Because Adam Thielen is 800 years old. Yeah. Um, Matt, Alexander Madison is a free agent as well. Yep. So we might see one of these rookie running backs just pop up in minutes. This could be like a Jameer Gibbs sort of situation. I hope not. I hope not as well, but you could see it. Yeah, I could. Yep. Yep. Um, and then to review their draft, we talked to the first round pick, Lewis Seen, uh, out of Georgia. Probably should have been Brisker. Yep. Uh, Andrew Booth, cornerback for Clemson. I think Kyler Gordon was gone by then. <laughs> uh, although Booth was fine, he got hurt. Yeah, he struggles to run. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's but, not what you're running here about a corner, but 
Yeah. Um, uh, and then after that, I don't think they got too much. Like Ty Chandler, we saw nothing out of. Jalen Naylor, who I said on the preview would be a dynamite kick returner, and he is. Yep. Um, but like Brian Asamoa didn't really play. I don't remember hearing about him at all. Uh, Caleb Evans. Like these are defensive players on a crappy defense who couldn't even get in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the Vikings have a lot of work to do despite being a 13 win team, but that makes sense because they were absolutely fraudulent. That it does. And it's yes. I agree with you completely. I would even go as far as to say that the best team in the NFC North last year was the Detroit lions at the end of the season. I think it was too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that wraps up the North division previews. Next week, we'll be back with the Eastern Division previews. Uh, Scott, any final words before I do the outro here? Nope, we're good. All right. Um, if you're in the chat, thank you so much. Thank you for participating. Makes the show uh, that much, that much better. If you're listening to audio, thank you as well. If you want to join us uh, for the YouTube live streams, there's a link in the show notes where you can um, uh, like, subscribe, get notified of upcoming videos. Be sure to go to maddieassmedia.com, find other great podcasts, including the manual by Cleve. Um, and all merch, all sorts of stuff like that. We'll be back next week discussing the Eastern Divisions, um, everybody's favorites, the Patriots and Cowboys. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be back next week for that, and uh, we will see everybody later. Peace.